listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Pullman Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. So, I know what everyone's feeling. Yes! Whole series on giving. I love it when the pastor gets up and tells me I need to give more money. That's what we're all feeling, right? Yeah. (laughs) Some enthusiasm right there. No, I, I understand this is a sensitive topic that we don't all like to talk about. I especially don't like to talk about because I don't have any. Um, but um, it is an important thing that we need to talk about. Uh, and, and there is some, uh, some serious uh, stuff that happens when we give our money. Uh, God does some awesome things, uh, not only with our money, but to us when we give. Uh, and so we're, we're going through a whole series on this because of how important it is. Um, so I hope you guys can just bear with us, and I understand that it's not a, your, it may not be your favorite topic, but I hope by the end of this, you'll start to understand how important it is and how good it is, and, and that maybe it's, it's, it's something you want to talk about in the future. So um, it is important, and, and we're going to go over that today. Proverbs, um, right, yeah, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever uh, refreshes others will be refreshed. Uh, and so that's, that's our goal in this series, is, is to help you guys and this church as a whole prosper. Uh, and we, know, we, get, we have it right from Scripture. God tells us this. If you want to prosper, we have to be generous. Um, and particularly when we're giving our, our tithes and offerings to God, we have to be extra generous, um, and, and that will lead to prosperity. Um, and so we're going we're to go into that, and you're going to hear me say a few times uh, that a godly investment will lead to a godly return. Uh, and and those are, that's a, a specific thing, that when you invest into a godly endeavor and you give your money towards God, you will receive something more than just money can give you. You receive a godly return. It's, it's something more than what you could get anywhere else. Uh, but you have to invest it into a godly purpose. So, um, and, and before we dive in, I, I want to stress something uh, that's pretty important to me, because a lot of times it seems like when, when we as pastors come up with an idea uh, of a series, it's because you guys are not doing well at it. Uh, that's not the case. We're not, we didn't get together and be like, man, these guys are not giving enough, and so we, we need to do a series on that. No, it's not like that. Um, this is actually a strength of this church, and it, we just witnessed that uh, at the end of this last year as we supported the duplex. My first service, my first Sunday as your youth pastor, I came uh, and Thad was standing on stage saying that the first service had taken all the, all the stuff that the duplex needed, uh, and he was quickly scribbling out some new stuff that you guys could donate and help support because of how generous this church is. Um, and, you know, we had to go, there was a lot of furniture and stuff, and so they needed someone to go and pick it up, and as the new youth pastor, you know who they sent to go pick that stuff up, Terry. Um, but <laughs> it's just because he's such a nice guy. No, we actually all went... Um, and it was, pretty, it, was, it was pretty cool to get to be a part of that and get to see the people that were giving um, and being generous. Um, and I got to uh, go to this one lady's house, and she was helping us get this one couch. It was a nice couch, but it was really difficult to get outside. We had to go down the outstairs, or the outside stairs, and it was, it was precarious. Um, but one of the cool things was we didn't recognize this lady, and we we're like, well, do you go to our church? And she said, no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Why are you giving to us then? <laughs> um, not, I mean, not that we're not happy about it, but apparently she had heard about what we were doing with the duplex and was so excited about it and wanted to give that, that even though she doesn't go to our church, she donated a, a, a nice couch for us. Um, and I think that that's awesome. And I, I want to tell you, I've been a part of a lot of churches and I've gotten to see some awesome congregations that always step up and give. But I don't think I've ever quite seen it to the point where 
people outside of the church are starting to give because of how much you guys are being generous. And that's an awesome thing. And, and that's, that's worthy of uh, all the praise that I can give. You guys are awesome, generous people. And because of that, because of your, your generosity, we want more. No, because of your generosity, and that is a strength of this church, we're going to use that. We're going to use that this year to reach people for Jesus. We understand that you guys are generous people, and we understand that we are a generous per- church. And just like the duplex and other opportunities that we're going to have, we're going to use that to show the love of Christ to our community. Um, but I want to let you know, and it's important that you understand what generosity gives you. It's not just something that I, I'm sitting up here. I understand that there's needs, and you're going to be moved by those. But there are returns, right? Godly investment lead to godly returns, and there are returns. You do get stuff out of this. Um, and and it, it is hugely important that you understand that. And maybe those of you who are already being generous, um, you, you, maybe you'll, you'll resonate with some of these things and not realize that they're already going on. Uh, so we're going to look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Can you go back to the first verse? Um, so I think this is cool. First of all, Notice that God's uh, saying, let us make mankind in our image. It's plural uh, because it's the Trinity talking. And the Trinity is getting together saying, let's, let's create mankind. This is after he created the whole world. He, he made the universe, the stars. Uh, he made the sun and the moon. He made the earth. He made the water. He made the plants, the animals. He made everything. And then he was like, you know what? This isn't good enough. I need one more thing. I, I need to make something in my image, uh, in our image. Uh, and so God creates mankind. Uh, and the first thing he does, as, as he looks down on us and he's like, I love these people so much. The first thing he says is, I want to give them everything. And he gives, them, gives us everything, the whole world, everything he just created. Last five days of his life, he's, well, it's more than that. But the last five days he spent creating this amazing thing. And then he decides, you know what, I want to give it to you. So God is generous, right? And, and then the other thing we learn from this passage is that he created us in his image. That was our purpose, to be like him. That was, that was the distinction. He didn't create anything else in this world or this universe to be like him. He created us to be like him. Uh, and that, that was his, his plan, his, his purpose for us to be like himself. Uh, but as we know, there was a problem with that. We, we sinned. And because of that, we distort that image. Because God has no sin. If we have sin, we aren't bearing his image anymore. We're, we're distorted. Um, and so we have this issue uh, that God, that we can't rectify, but God recognizes that he can rectify. So he goes a step further, not only just giving us everything that he's already created, he goes a step farther to save us. And Romans 8.32 says, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So he takes it a step farther. We've distorted that image. He created us with a purpose, to be like him, and we distorted that image with sin. And he says, you know what? I can go a step farther. I'm going to be generous even more so by giving you my son, giving him up for you so that you can return to the, the purpose I designed you to have, to be like me. And so, so God gives us his son. And so when we are generous, when we show generosity and give back to God or give to others, we are like God. 
and we return to our purpose. And I don't know about you, but every time I have the opportunity uh, to give and to share what God has blessed me with, there's something inside that wells up. And, and sometimes, to be honest, sometimes it's a little bit of pride. Like, you're so awesome. <laughs> it's true. But, um, but more than that, it's, it's that sense of my purpose being fulfilled. That this is what I was designed to do. I was designed to help. I was designed to be generous and be like God. And that is what generosity does. Our first uh, godly return from generosity is that when we give, we fulfill our purpose. We become like our Father in heaven. He created us to be like him, and when we're generous, we are. Um, so we'll move on to the second one, right? Second Corinthians 9, or no, Galatians 6, 7. I'll do that one first. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And then 2 Corinthians. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So, I'm from Southern California. Um, there's not a lot of farming around there um, because there's nowhere to farm. So it was kind of a new, a new thing when I moved here and, and saw all the fields and stuff. I was flying over Pullman as I was coming. I was like, oh, hey, what is that? <laughs> uh, that's a lot of dirt. That's crazy. Uh, and then, I mean, we all know this. I mean, you drive outside of town uh, and, and you see fields everywhere you go. That was another new experience, driving outside of town. In Southern California, I don't know if you know this, but there's no outside of town. You just go from one town to the next town to the next town. There's just, there's no outside of town. You want to go out of town? What? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Um, but because of that, I, I don't have a lot of experience, so I'll lean on your, your expertise on this. But farming, God is, is using this analogy uh, of farmers uh, as they sow their seeds, right? And that's, that's when you plant, sowing is planting, right? Amen? No? Yeah, Okay. I think I'm on the right track. So sowing is when you plant the seeds, and if you sow your seeds, what do you get? Come harvest time. Crops, right? You, you get what you planted. Um, so that, that's what happens, right? And you can't expect to reap something if you didn't sow anything, right? Otherwise, you'd, you'd be stealing. Um, but if you sow generously, the more you sow, the more you will reap, and, and the more you'll have for next year to sow again, right? Uh, and that, that's how farming works. And what God is saying in this moment is, is the, sowing seeds is a lot like us handling our money. If we think that when we have, you know, a little bit of money, we don't want to give it up, we don't want to give it over to God, we're just as ridiculous as a farmer saying, I don't want to sow my seeds. You want more. You want more seeds and you want to live off of what you have. And so that's why farmers have to sow their seeds, right? You have to sow what you have so that you can get more. And then next year you sow even more and you keep working your way up. Uh, but that's how, how you, it works. And it's just as ridiculous for a farmer to say, I don't want to sow my seeds this year. I want to hang on to them because they're of some value to me as us to hang on to our money and say, I don't want to give it to God. That, that's, that's the weight that he puts on this. He's saying that that's, that's how we have to look at this, that if we want to, to get a return and, and reap the benefits of what God is offering us, if we want to see these blessings that God is giving us, then we have to give. The investment has to be there, uh, just like a farmer has to sow his seeds if he wants to reap a harvest. Uh, and then he tells us even more about his blessings. Philippians chapter 4, 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And this is what he's promising us, um, that 
if we invest our money in him, if we invest it into a godly endeavor, we invest our money towards God, we will reap blessings. And this is the thing. A lot of people think sometimes we're not on the same page with God. Like God is trying to get us to do stuff we don't want to do, such as giving. Um, but the, the, the case is God's on your side, and he wants to bless you even more. And you've you got you to gotta connect with him and, and, and see what he's getting at, all right? He wants to bless you so much more than what you already have. You're hanging on to something and thinking, man, I, I can't afford to let go of this. And God's saying, I can give you so much more. But you got to invest that into me first, and then I will bless you. I will take care of all your needs. And I don't know if you're, if, if you're anything like me, you don't even know what you need. Like some of the times I think I need something and, and, and it's just, it's not really that big of an issue. I finally, either I get it or I don't get it and I realize, oh, I didn't need that. And God's sitting there saying, I know what you need. I know what you need even when you don't know what you need. So invest in me and I will take care of you. And so that's what God is telling us. He wants to bless us. He wants to take care of us. He wants to be there for us in any and every way. But we have to be faithful to him as well. And, and remember, this isn't a God that's just asking for something with, and he's giving nothing in return. Not only is he going to bless you, but he's already blessed you abundantly. He gave you everything you have. And then on top of that, he sent his son to die for you. Like This is a God that's already shown his love, and he's just asking for a little bit in return so that he can bless you even more. God's on your side, and he wants to bless you, but you gotta, you got to let him by investing yourself. Um, so our, our second... Our second return is that when you give, you put yourself in a position for a blessing. When you give to God, God, you're setting yourself up for blessings from him. You're saying, God, I'm willing to trust in you. I'm willing to believe in you, give you what I have. And God's saying, okay, now you're in a place of need and I will provide for you. I will bless you abundantly. All right, uh, so we move on. And, and we're gonna read from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking uh, in, in Matthew 6. And you probably have heard this before. Uh, but we're going to go through it again together. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and, moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We're going to skip down. Then I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is life, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your, fatherly, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Um, so, I don't know about you, but those seem like pretty reasonable questions. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Let's not gloss over it just because it's Jesus talking. 
This is a pretty serious thing. He's, he's saying, you know, don't worry about that. I, I don't know about you, but if I'm asking what am I going to eat, that's a serious situation. If I'm asking what am I going to wear, it's not, not me just like picking my clothes out in the morning. He's saying like, if you don't even have anything to wear, don't worry about it. I don't know about you, but I'm not used to this cold. If I don't have something to wear, I'm going to worry about it, and I'm going to have an issue. And, and so this is, a, this is a big deal about what Jesus is saying. He's telling us that when it comes to giving to God, when it comes to our tithe and, and giving to God what he's asked from us, he's saying make that a higher priority than food. When it comes to giving to God, make that a higher priority than your rent. When it comes to giving to God, make that a higher priority than what you're going to wear, than clothes. He's saying make it a higher priority than everything. And that's a big deal. So that when it comes to bill time and, and the first things on your list, you're, you're, you're thinking of the priorities, things that have to get done, right? You have it in your mind. I have to get this done. I cannot afford to not, I, I can afford to maybe let my Netflix go, although that's, that's blasphemy right there, isn't it? No. I can, I can maybe afford to let this or that go, but I have to have this. And God's saying, your tithe, your giving to him should be higher than any of, anything else on that list. Before you give up tithing, you should give up rent. Before you give up tithing, you should give up your food bill. Before you give up tithing, you should give up everything else because tithing is the most important thing because you're putting your trust in God and God's saying, I know what you need. I know what you need. I'm not, I'm not ignorant of, of what you need. But I can provide for you. I can take care of you, but you've got to tr- put your trust and faith in me. And that's a big step for a lot of us and, and, and not an easy one. Um, when it comes down to it and we have little, we don't want to give. And it goes back to that seed metaphor, right? We don't have enough to not invest in God. We don't have enough. I don't know about you, but I, I certainly don't have enough money that I can sit there and rely on myself. I have to rely on God. I only have so much money, and so I have to invest it in him so that he can bless me so that I can have enough to live on. That's how it works, and that's what God's saying. I will take care of you. I will provide for you, but you got to trust in me. Don't rely on your own strength and in your own power. Um, so that's what Jesus is telling us there. And then that brings up our, our third godly return, that jo- generosity will give you perspective. When you give, you gain perspective. And, and that perspective is that God is the most important thing. God is, is the priority in your life. And I, I struggle with this, to be honest with you. As a youth pastor, uh, I deal with this issue a lot. And I'm sorry if this offends anybody. Um, but I deal with parents and students alike that want to, make education the most and highest priority. And I have nothing wrong with education. I think it's a fantastic thing. I have one. It's great. Um, but I still believe this wholeheartedly, that God is a higher priority than education. That a relationship with Jesus is a much higher priority than education. And while education is good, I would not allow, if I ever have future children, or and I recommend this to all the students that I come in, I won't allow, allow that where your education comes before your relationship with Jesus. So when students and people tell me and parents come and tell me, oh, they have to do this or they have to do that, it's for school. I say, so? Isn't Jesus a higher priority than that? And I think a lot of us will agree. You'll nod your head. Yeah, Jesus is the highest priority. But when push comes to shove, sometimes we, we let go of that. Sometimes we don't give our tithe to God when, when we're struggling with money. Sometimes we, we, when, when there's something else 
in the way of church will give up church and say, you know, I can, I can not go there for a while. But that just shows our heart that God is not our highest priority. And if we want God to be our highest priority, we have to reflect that in our lives, in the way we give, in the way we, we give our time and our money. Um, so, our last return that God gives us, we're going to look at Psalms, um, is it 27 or 37? Yeah, 37. 21 through 28. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. And for the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. So God's saying right here um, that he's going to provide. And, and this is, that was David talking in a psalm. He's saying, you know, I've never seen it. I've lived a long time and I've never seen anyone that was generous and, and living rightly with the Lord. I've never seen them in a place of need. They always have an opportunity to be generous. Um, and this is the cool thing about God is that uh, not only is he generous with us, not only does he give us that opportunity to be like him, he allows us the opportunity to partner up with him and be generous just like we all were uh, with the duplex, right? This church was very generous in, in what it gave to the duplex. I, I was blown away. And, and that, that was you guys partnering up with God to help people in need. And how cool is that? I, I, I once had a student. I've had a lot of students in my life, and, and you see this a lot. But there's one in particular that uh, we invested a lot of time in. Uh, we, we had her from VBS onward. I mean, I, when I first met her, she was three years old and, and grew up in the church and everything else. And and we invested every summer and every year, and, and she became more and more in tune with God. She, she could read the Bible. She was one of my junior high students when I first started out, and man, she remembers lessons that I don't even remember. She'd be like, remember that story? I was like, what? Where's that from? She's like, in the Bible. I was like, what? <laughs> she, and I, and I, she was like, you taught it to me. And I was, oh, wow. Um, and she's just this awesome student, and, and she had a relationship with God, and then this last summer, uh, we had an opportunity. It was her senior year. She was graduating, and we were going um, to uh, a mission trip in Mexico. And, and she had an opportunity to reach out to some, some kids there. Uh, the families were all in need, the women of, of distressed home situations. So they go to this place, and we got to hang out with the kids and take care of them and pour out love to them. And, and one night, she was sitting there and saying, you could see it, uh, just a change in her eyes. She's like, I, I didn't know that I could do that for someone. I didn't know that I could be that for someone. She had spent years watching us pour our generosity out onto her and, and, and heard all about God's love, and it changed her as a person. But what changed her even more was when she got to take part in it, when she got the opportunity to share what she had learned and what she knew. And, and that's what God gives us the opportunity when we are generous. When we are generous, we get to partner up with God and do what he's doing. And, and not only just be like him, but to actually change people with what he's changing people with. And, and he's using us. And I think that that's just, <laughs> God's a great God. And he, he's, he's awesome for that, that opportunity that he allows us to get to be a part of it. Um, and so that's our, our, our last uh, and fourth one. The that generosity 
when you give, you partner with God. Um, and that's just a huge thing that, that we as a church try to do. We want to partner with God. We want to work with him. And we want to do what he's doing. But to do that, we have to be generous. Um, so we talked a lot about that. So these are, those are the godly returns, right? We've talked about what, what you get out of this. And maybe some of you have already experienced this. Maybe you know what it's like to be generous and you know what it feels like to partner with God. You know what it's like to have your purpose fulfilled. Um, you know what it's like to be blessed because you've seen God come through in miraculous ways even though uh, it, it didn't make any sense. Um, you, you know what it's like to just trust in faith that he's gonna take care of your needs. Um, but... Let's talk about what it requires. Generosity requires some stuff, right? Uh, God shows us that example. Right in the beginning, he, he gives us the whole world and then sends his son. Generosity requires sacrifice. We have to sacrifice stuff. Sometimes it means not getting the, the biggest TV that you can do. You have to settle for a slightly smaller TV so that you can give your tithe and be generous. Sometimes we have to sacrifice even bigger things. Sometimes it comes down to, Jesus says, even food, even water, even clothes. Sometimes we have to make big sacrifices to be generous. We also have to work, right? That's what I understand, those farmers out there, if you guys don't understand that. Like farming is, is work. Um, and so you have to sow the seeds. And then come harvest time, I heard that part's easy, right? Right, AJ? That's, no, it's not easy. <laughs> you have to work extra hard, right? And they pull in all the, uh, the extra people that they can because it takes work. Generosity takes work. You have to work hard for it. Generosity takes faith. And we already discussed that, that sometimes it comes down to that point where you're just saying, I, I don't know what to do right now. I don't have enough to give to God and provide for my needs. But we trust in God. We believe in him. And it takes faith. We have to be faithful uh, if we're going to be generous. And the last thing, and this is what you guys already got in spades, is compassion. Right? As soon as I, I share a need, you guys jump for it, right? And that's, that's something that's good. And I think a lot of people get the misconception that compassion is something you're just born with and you don't, you don't work at. No, compassion is, is something you can work at. So, compassion is something that you can strive and have more of as you learn and relate to people. As you become more generous, you will grow in your compassion. And as you grow in your compassion, you'll become more generous. Um, but it, that's what it requires. It requires sacrifice. It requires work. It requires faith. And it requires compassion. Um, so that, that's, that's what we're going through, right? This is the year, right? Our year is focused on generosity and prayer. Uh, and that's, that's what we want us to focus in on and, and why it's so important for us to be generous. Because you will get, you, I, I want you guys to understand, I want you guys to have blessed, awesome lives. But to do that, you have to be generous first. You have to make that a godly investment to get those godly returns. Um, and I want you also to understand that no, none of the pastors, none of our leaders, the people that are leading you in this, None of us are asking you to do anything that we're not going to do ourselves. If this is a year of generosity, then we're going to be more generous than we've ever been before. If this is our year of prayer, then we're going to be praying more than we've ever prayed before. And so we're going to lead, it, we're going to lead you in this and do this ourselves, but we want you to join in with us so that we can continue to change the world around us. This duplex is, one, is, is just a stepping stone to bigger and better things, that as a church we can change this community around us with our generosity to be like our Father. Uh, and to start that off, we have these... Uh, cards that you may have seen uh, or sat on, whatever the case may be. It says 90-day uh, faith challenge, right? Uh, this is a unique thing that God gave us. He doesn't say test, us, test him in a lot of things. In fact, he tells us to only test him in one thing, and that's this, giving. He says, give it a shot. Test me out. You don't believe me? You don't believe that little cute blonde kid up on stage? No, you're having a hard... You could laugh at that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> you don't believe him? Then test it. 
Give it a shot. And that's what this 90-day faith challenge is. Tithe for 90 days. Give for 90 days. Are you already tithing? Maybe give more. Try it for 90 days and see how God blesses you. See how he blesses you. And, and, and I, I promise you, he says, put me to the test. God says, do it and, and see what I got. Because I will come through for you and I will provide for you. And, and I know that sometimes that's a hard thing. But this is 90 days and we're going to start this year outright with generosity. So 90 days. If you're willing to do this, if you really take this challenge, this 90-day challenge, and fill out this card and drop it in the box in the back. Uh, and the last thing I want to say, and this is kind of a taboo thing to say as a pastor. Um, I might get a slap on the wrist for this. But you don't have to give to real life. To receive these godly rewards, the, these godly returns that he gives you, you have to give to God. That doesn't necessarily mean here. Now, here's why I think you should give here. Because I work here. And I know, <laughs> that's, that came out wrong. I work here. And yeah. I've worked here and I, I've gotten to see what the staff does. And I've got to see what this church does. And we're not looking to pat our pocketbooks. We're not looking to, to make anything extravagant for ourselves or make our lives easier or better. No, no, no. We're looking to expand this ministry to grow it so that we can reach more and more people for Jesus. That's what we want the money for. And I can guarantee you that 100% of what you give is going to that. that, that that's, that's a big guarantee. And so that's why I think you should give to real life. Because I know, I know where it's going and it's for a good purpose. A good godly purpose. Um, but regardless of that, if you want to be blessed by God, if you want to receive the blessings that he's dying to give you, literally, then you have to give first. Um, you have to tithe and you have to show that faith um, and be generous. All right, we're going to take communion. Uh, so if my, my helpers could go and grab the communion. I want to let you guys know, we at Real Life, you guys have heard this before probably, but we have an open table, which means that if you believe in Jesus, you are uh, encouraged to take part in our communion with us. Um, that being said, if you don't believe in Jesus, you can just pass it on by. We're not going to judge you. It's okay. Um, but if you want to believe in Jesus right here, right now, he's waiting for you. He wants, he wants you to restore you to the image that he created you in. Uh, so if, if you want to do that, go ahead and say that prayer with him. And while they're passing that out, we're going to go through uh, a few questions. So we, you'll see them on the bulletins. Uh, if you don't like bulletins or things like that or whatever they're called, uh, you can write these down. Uh, and what we're doing now, we're syncing up our home groups with our sermons. So these questions are going to come back up in your home group. So you get a head, you get a head start on your homework, right? Um, I know everyone's so excited about that. But we, we do have some questions that we want you to think about and, and, and contemplate before you get to your home groups. And the first one is this. You were made in the image of God to be like him in his character in relation to generosity. What could you do to look more like him? And I want you to not only think about the ways that you could become, like you can be more generous like God is generous, but I also want you to think about the ways that you already do look like him. I want to add to that the, the next part is how are you already looking like God? Um, and, and the ways that you've been generous. Th there's some positivity to it, because I know a lot of you are generous and want to look at it. All right, the second question. In the Bible, there is a law of seed time and harvest. How are you reaping what you have sown in your life right now? So we have, uh, th this, is, this could be a positive or negative thing. You, you may be going through some struggle, and you can look back and think, Maybe it's because of some of the, the decisions I made where I was stingy or, or not generous or something like that. Something along those lines that you, you've sown into your life something that has created a struggle for you. But also look at the positive side. 
Maybe there's something that's going on in your life that you're being blessed in some way, shape, or form. It's like, God, what am I doing to deserve this? You can look back, think of ways that you've been generous and how God has used that and, and is bearing its fruit. Next question. How does generosity shape your perspective? How does pushing against generosity shape your perspective? So at some point in this sermon, you might have heard something that you're like, yes, I, I love it. How does that shape your perspective? Or there's something, there might have been something along the lines like, ooh, didn't like that. Um, how does that? How does that shape your perspective? How, do, how does generosity fitting in your life? And the last question, God is inviting each of us to partner with him in redeeming the whole world. Can you trust him enough to follow his leading and how we do that? Now, this could be a very simple yes or no question, but I want you to really contemplate why and how you're able to trust God and how you show your trust in God. So think about these questions and, and begin to answer them because you're going to go over them uh, in your small groups when we get there. All right. So we're going through our communion. I got to get this right. I almost messed up last time. Um, we're, we're going through communion, and, and, and this is where Jesus uh, took his disciples on the last night that he was on earth. Um, and he broke up the bread and, and shared with all of them about his, his sacrifice that he was about to make um, and was telling all of them. Uh, I'm stalling a little bit because they're still passing it out. And he was telling all of them about what they were doing, and they were missing, uh, they were missing the point. And Jesus says, you'll, you'll understand this. You'll get this. Uh, and I hope that everyone else understands what the sacrifice that Jesus made and, and the investment he has already made in us and how generous God is with us. So Jesus passed around the bread and broke it, and um, they, uh, they all took a piece, and he said, this is my body, which I'm broken for you. Take and eat, everyone. And then Jesus, uh, he passed around the cup, and he said, this is my blood, which I am shedding for you. Take and drink, everyone. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, you have blessed us with so much, and, um, and we are grateful. Um, but God, I pray, Lord, that it, throughout this year, as we learn generosity, that you can provide us opportunities to be generous, and that we don't take them lightly, and we don't miss those opportunities, that we use them um, so that we can change the world around us. That just like you showed us generosity and just like you changed our lives because of how generous you were with us, that we can help you and partner up with you to change the world around us. So God, thank you for all that you've done. And I pray, Lord, that you can give me and the rest of this church opportunities to be generous and shape our community. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you enjoyed this message, make sure you check out the new podcast from our lead pastor, Aaron Couch, called A Better Conversation. Search for it on our website, iTunes, and the Google Play Store.